This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today on the podcast, a chat with the five artists who created the Skittles Pride Packs. This is in partnership with Skittles for Pride this year. And honestly, these folks are incredibly impressive, both in design and also in their way of talking about themselves. Um, I just really appreciated this interview. I loved it so much. And hey, do you want to come see me live? Because I will be in Portland, Oregon, July 8th. And then I will be in New York City, August 16th through 20th. Go to CameronEsposito.com slash tour and come see me this summer. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on, darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Well, listeners, this is a super exciting episode of the podcast because I have five different people on the show today, which is that's the largest. Like I've had full bands on and it's never been five people. So we're going to make this happen. And here's the thing you may or may not know. I start every episode of the podcast by having folks introduce themselves. So would you all mind sort of, I guess, one at a time popping in and I'll take an intro and then adding to that, like maybe how you started making art and how you decided to make art a career. Because I feel like those things are super interesting to me. Like, when's your when's your baby first time making a collage uh, or like drawing <laughs> you know, figure drawing in grade school or whatever it is? Um, and then, how did you transition from that into a, into a full time adult? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Yes. Um, my name is Mads or Maddie G. Uh, my pronouns are he they and. Yeah, I'm just kind of like a multimedia illustrator type thing, comic artist, cartoonist thingy thing. Um, and yeah, I've been doing art for like as long as I can remember. It's kind of like my family's family business, <laughs> if that makes oh, really? sense. Um, yeah, my mom is a abstract fine artist and so is my grandma. And then my great grandpa was a sign painter. So it's just kind of like, like, if you don't do art, like, what's the matter with you? So <laughs> luckily, it was something I was inter- interested in. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I've just been kind of experimenting. But I'm definitely the first cartoonist in the family and, and bringing all the shame that comes with it. So Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I want to ask a follow-up question real quick about your grandmother, because I feel like that's an era where that feels really surprising to me, what you're saying. I mean, my grandmother went to college and she was a pharmacist and she was one of the only on one side. And she was one of the only uh, women in her class. And it was like high, extremely radical that she had a profession and had um, a college education. Um, You know, her parents were immigrants. And so that was like just a, that was a wild choice um, for her. And yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about having a a grandmother that made art? Oh, That, that sounds wild. 
Yeah, she's also just like the matriarch. My mom's side of the family, everyone like rallies around her. She's like the center of attention. She's the mom cat, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, she actually didn't go to school for art until my mom went to school. So uh, she actually went to uh, college with my mom for art. Oh. So wow. they were like in school together in Philly studying fine art together, living Okay, like, fine. Together. I'll option those <laughs> life rights and make that movie. I mean, if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they're both fascinating women, bizarre, fascinating women who I adore, so. Well, thanks for taking that bullet and popping up first. Um, who would like to go next? Hi, my name is Bong Chu, and I am an artist designer who wants to make everyday a razzle dazzle musical based in your city um <laughs> unlike maddie um i also came from an art family however my dad was a professional a painter he didn't want me to pursue art at all whatsoever so i didn't get to touch art until i was in high school so i had no idea of how to draw how to do anything until i went to high school at the time i really wanted to draw manga to become like a you know uh, comic book artist and then it turns out I have no talent in drawing whatsoever and I just used the skills I learned from you know Photoshop and everything I started to make posters and then that sort of led me to uh, moving to United States oh by the way I was born in born and raised in China I moved to the States I went to art school become a graphic designer and then you know 14 years later now I'm here I want to ask you a follow-up question about your about your your papa, your father, uh, discouraging you from from following in his footsteps. Can you can you tell me a little bit more about that? Why you think that was the case? Yes. So my late great dad, um, he was a professionally trained painter, and um, being a painter in China doesn't get you very far. It doesn't get you that far anywhere. But like you know, in China at that time, like you know, it's extremely tough. So he decided to switch gears to design and advertising, which is the field that I'm in right now, ironically. But he also had a very struggling career and he would not want this for his precious son. Therefore, um funny enough, in the library at home, all of the books were available for me to grab except for art books. They're all locked up. Like, I cannot, like, I can see them. I can't touch them. They're, like, behind bars, basically. And to me, it was kind of my own rebellious, uh, I think, against my family <laughs> to decide to choose this career path. But I did not know this about my dad until I went to college. And my mom was like, oh, you know, this is actually funny enough what your dad do for the longest time to pay for the bills, pay for your uh, formula bills uh, when I was a kid. There are some ways where I where I relate, but in sort of a different way. My dad, his passion is singing. It's always been singing. Uh, actually, he's so he's seventy five, and now he's taking voice lessons for the first time in his life. He just had a recital last weekend. Uh, I did see a video from it, and so you know when he was a kid, he was in the musicals. He loved to sing. He has, you know, always. He's always loved that. And he does have a beautiful voice. He's a tenor. He sang at my wedding, like per his request. <laughs> he was like, he was literally, and then his choice was also somewhere over the rainbow. It was extremely on the nose. My brother-in-law is a tango guitarist. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. The whole thing was gorgeous. Uh, but he, he ended up, he is a lawyer. He, you know, shoveled asphalt to put himself through law school and make this choice to 
um, invest in himself and because kind of, I guess, similar to what you're talking about, he just didn't think that there, that an art career could, could yield anything, you know, and he wanted to provide for a family. So there is, I guess, also some irony in my deciding to be a stand-up comic and then now working as an actor and a writer and podcaster. It's like all these different, it's like, I have like 9 million art jobs and I am able to make a living this way. And there are sometimes I actually feel like some sadness, I guess, from him around, um, like because he worked so hard and pushed our family to um, a different economic level, I get a ch- I got a chance to kind of around and find out. <laughs> and you know, even though my parents didn't support me um, in my early career, I because of how I grew up, I felt like I had some flexibility just mentally, you know, like to to make this choice. And so that's just not that's not a situation he was in. Um, and and it, it has felt, uh, I, I think, you know, I think about that, that is on my mind and yes, don't worry one time for, for a Christmas show, I did have him, my little sister, who's also a singer and my mom, who's not a singer show up in matching sweaters and, um, perform Christmas carols. That was a true dream for me and the family. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And who, who would like to pop in next? Um, I can pop in next. Uh, my name is Shanae Benjamin, and I'm an artist. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Brooklyn as well. And I originally kind of started off um, in the graphic design world. Um, I started off as a designer, moving my way uh, my way up to art director. And then I honestly used to just like draw as a way of relaxing after a day of work. And I never really thought about taking illustration as like a full-time career. But then, you know, I started posting my artwork online on this website called Behance many years ago. And then I started getting a bunch of likes, which led to like my first project with um, a major brand. And then I realized, like, okay, this could actually be a career. And so in like 2018, I uh, quit my corporate job and I just like took the leap into being a freelance full-time illustrator. And that's just been the best um the best decision that I've ever made. Um, I love so much that I am able to express myself through art and through my pictures and through drawing. And I'm constantly challenging myself by um, exploring new mediums. Um, at first, I was just solely digital. And now, as you can see behind me, I also love to paint as well. So like physically painting on canvas and like taking my digital drawings to a physical canvas, it's been really great in that process of just like exploring my work as a Black queer artist and getting, you know, um, just having, being so inspired by my community in Brooklyn is just really uh, a part of my process too. That's awesome. And yes, you do have <laughs> beautiful work behind you. And that it that is so, it's so cool to see that. Like, is this a... Is this an office zone or is this, do you take yes. calls from this area? I mean, that, that to me feels, um, it feels like very supportive of yourself, I guess, maybe in a way yeah. to show the work that you do while you're in the meeting. I mean, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Like the, that decision to, I, what you're talking about, creating this like physical work that can be part of a space that feels pretty, pretty cool to see. Yeah, like, so for me, I I view my art as an extension of me. And so every little piece that I create is like a little piece of me as well. And so my office uh, and creative space is like a little hodgepodge of, of animations and drawings and pictures and random scenarios that make up who Shanae is as a person. 
And um, actually, when every time I take a call, my clients really, really love to see my work displayed up and it gets them really excited to work with me on a project. So it's a good benefit. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much. And something I just want to say real quick, uh, Simone, before you pop in is something that's really cute that that listeners aren't going to get a chance to see is that I'm assuming you all haven't met prior to this. Yeah, you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so assuming. Oh yeah, some of you know oh, yeah. so, and I, IRL. Okay, like Bianca and I have been like friends for years. Okay, so. awesome. Got it. <laughs> this is like a total coincidence, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, so that's that really cute. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it is really neat to see the all of you nodding along with each other. Like that's something that I want to just mention real quick because I think you know, especially um, this kind of job, which is solo endeavor often, you know, I mean, you might, we're working with clients, um, but you're probably often in a zone by yourself. I relate to that as a comic, you know, and it is really awesome to see you all encouraging each other and just to see this kind of like community aspect that I'm not sure you all might get to have usually, uh, you know, cause art is, is often self-expression, um, and not always like community engagement, you know, so it's just real cool to see. All right, Simone, don't you dare <laughs> let me stop you for another moment. Get in here. No, I think that that was the most like perfect segue actually into who I am as an artist, which I like love so much. Um, so my name is Simone Salib. I am a muralist, a street artist and an educator based in Philly. Um, I really got started in my art career or when it started to like have momentum and change for me was when I started doing street art. Honestly, like, so Philly has such a robust street art scene, like so much graffiti, so much wheat paste. And I have like loved it for years and years. And I kind of threw myself into it because I wanted to participate and be a part of it. And when I started doing that, I think my life like honestly really changed. At first, I was just kind of like running around the city, putting stuff up, making series, doing a lot of community-based work specifically, making a lot of stuff that is of people in Philly, which I thought was one, really fun and two, a great way to meet people and really connect. I think for me, human connection is like at the forefront of what I do and to be able to make things that were accessible for people in all parts of the city felt like magic, honestly. Um, so now I do a lot of work with different community members and different schools. My work is really colorful and bold. And for me, I just like, I feel like I want to be somebody that's a storyteller. I want to be able to share parts of myself and parts of other people because I learned so much about myself through learning about other people. And I don't know, I think it's beautiful. And I feel very lucky to have this be like my life now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm curious about um, sort of, I guess, where, like, do you go see your stuff? Outside? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 do you go back and visit it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's really cool because, so street art, like at least with wheat paste, it's like ephemeral. It doesn't last forever. It has a shelf life for if it'll get buffed. And that's like part of the whole shebang. And it's cool to see things that have been up for years. And it's also cool to see things like become a skeleton kind of on the wall. And it's also funny to have people I don't know from the city sometimes reach out to me and be like, someone has defaced your work. And I'm like, bro, bro, it's okay. It's literally fine. It's part of the process. Nobody's upset. And they were like, should we find them? And I'm like, no, no, more will go up in time. That's part of the, that's part of the story. 
Oh, that's so interesting. I guess I never thought of that, that like yeah. if you're making public art, like part of it is the way other folks in- engage with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, then I guess we're like pro drawing mustaches all over things. Like That's I, what that's... I'm talking about. I with, <laughs> I'm always telling people like lead with respect. Like we're not going to deface someone's property or someone's home. But if it's on like a board on the side of a building that's being gentrified or like falling apart and decrepit, I'm like free game, baby. Go. Wow. Okay, cool. That is... What's your stance on googly eyes? <laughs> I love. I love. I'm a silly bitch. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is also like hard to not be pro googly eyes in a post everything <laughs> everywhere all at once world. Like, how are we ever supposed to move forward without loving googly eyes forever? Um, all right. Well, we got one final artist to bring these intros home. Pop in here. Bianca Unis. A lot of people get scared of that, that X. It's Unis or Shunis, either way you want to say it. Um, I am a lot of things. Uh, mostly I am a cartoonist. I, I just thought about thinking of this. Um, there's this Muppets car- comic where, um, one of them asks Gonzo, what are you? And Gonzo goes, oh, I'm an artist. And like that, I like never related to anything more. Like, just like, I'm. I'm a vibe. I'm a moment. I'm a. I'm feeling so many things. It's it's hard to like do like the the resume pitch, like the elevator pitch. Like here's all the things that I am. Please like me. Um, but mostly cartoonist, also educator. I teach comics as well. Um, I do a lot of things. Illustration. It's all under the illustration umbrella. I just. I don't know. I I draw from the community. I'm I'm a punker. I'm a goth. I'm I'm a weirdo. And I started doing autobiographical comics. I mean, I feel like everybody here in this room, um, as an artist, can kind of say like, I there you've been doing art since you've been kind of pushed into this mortal coil. Like you've just kind of been doing it forever. Um, you didn't really think about it. And then one day somebody was like, you got to add, you got to monetize this um, if you want to survive in this capitalistic society. And we're like, oh, okay. Um, but I have a funny memory of when I was in kindergarten, we all had to like draw careers. And I decided to draw firefighters hosing down like this burning building wearing high heel shoes for some reason, because they had to be like, they had to be fashionable at the same time. And I remember like my kindergarten artist being like, keep, keep doing whatever you're doing here. Like keep doing that. Um, and I've been kind of going since, since then. Like I was the friend that everybody asked in high school, can you draw my crush so they could tape it into their locker? Like, you know, a lot of drawings of like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, um or what was the other band uh or whatever and so yeah i've been doing this for a while it didn't click to me until i there's this really great foundation in chicago which is where i'm from chicago a um called the marwin foundation which was a place that i went to after school it's an after school arts program um for inner city kids and even kids in like the outside um the programs are free and it's wonderful especially in this day and age where they are cutting art programs from public schools and um i went there as a high schooler and then i started teaching there as a ta um in college and there's a great artist from chicago another cartoonist named jeremy tinder i worked under him 
And again, Marvel was kind of like, Bianca, we always kind of see you doodling. We always kind of see you drawing. Uh, we think you guys would be a good match. And I never kind of, again, never clicked it that I could do comics. I was like, okay, I like to doodle. And I literally sat in the back of his class teaching sixth graders how to do comics and how to do, you know, just words and pictures and words and pictures. And I was taking notes for myself. I was like, wait, I, I want to do this. I want to keep making this. And he introduced me to sort of some female artists um, back when I used to identify as female. And um, I got to learn about Lucy Nisley, who's a Chicago cartoonist as well. Um, because I, I grew up with brothers. Um, they were throwing comics in my face when I was a kid. I love X-Men. That was like my favorite because, you know, obviously they were queer coded, but <laughs> um, they also just like had funny stories. Like there was like the pow, pow, pow. There was the the fighting the bad guy. But then there was just like the really like cute parts of them just like in the house and just being like this, like it was a house. Like it was kind of like, like sort of like the houses, the ball houses of New York, like literally X-Men is like a house of people. And those stories that they had of just them like eating pancakes and stuff like that was where I was like, I love these stories, but I never thought that I as a black AFAB could do this stuff. I was like, this isn't for me. I loved manga. But again, I was like, oh, you have to live in Japan in order to make manga. Like, you, this isn't for you, little black kid from the South Side. Like, you can't do this. And it wasn't until about college that it clicked. And I was like, I, people do want to hear these stories. These stories matter. Like, I should share my story. And um, yeah, I, that's it's kind of gone since then. And now I got a book coming out, Punk Rock Karaoke from Penguin Random House in April 2024. So check that out. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's like my first like like stacked graphic novel. I've been working on it. I'm tired. I don't want to work on it anymore. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> oh boy, I have like many follow-ups, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm actually, I'm so I'm from outside Chicago. And so all the people you just referenced, I do not know any of those people. I have no familiarity with this world. Uh, I've, you know, I spent a lot of the years even living there as an adult. So I just want to thank you for like introducing something into my, something I love is to find, to like dive into a specific, you know, specific like art, artistic or, or creative subset culture and just realize like there are pockets everywhere of people that really know each other. And yeah. like, if you're outside of that, it can be so opaque. You know, you, you might not know any of those people, but like, pop in and you realize that there's a whole community. So I really appreciate you, you know, mentioning by name, all those folks. Obviously, I also appreciate you mentioning by name X-Men um, because <laughs> it's a big part of my childhood too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you have a favorite? Oh man, Jubilee was pretty awesome. Absolutely. And love Jubilee, love Gambit. Gambit was also, he's kind of hot, but I also kind of want to be Gambit. I don't know. Uh -huh. it's, it's kind of, kind uh -huh. of both, kind of both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, heard, understood. I also will say, oh, and I see a shout out for Storm in the chat. Um, I also just want to say for me, uh, big Rogue fan, love oh, me a yes. Rogue. Oh, yes. I can't touch anybody because that will ruin them. That's that's very <laughs> queer as a child. I'm like, I have to put gloves on or I will suck your energy till you're dead. Then I grew up and I had a different perspective on queerness. But uh, I will also say I love Colossus. That's who I would, I would play an X-Men game. That's who I would choose because impenetrable, you know? And I felt so vulnerable as a kid that the idea that I could be impenetrable, I think, was 
was that desire there. Like that's a that's a deep cut pick right there. That's a right (laughs) super deep cut. (laughs) Also, like just a shout out to X Men for creating like diametrically opposed uh, Magneto Professor X who like are on opposite sides, but they also get each other and like they're from the same thing. And I think, I mean. How queer is that, right? They're exes. Technically, they're exes. Like, that's how I Oh, those the, oh for sure. I mean, the older I get, also, the, the more I'm like, Magneto made some points. Wait a minute. Uh, Magneto did make Magneto some, made points. some points. Yeah. <laughs> Especially and then in, like, the movies. Yeah. Because they, like, cherry pick what they put in there. And, like, Magneto is like, no, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. We're getting the X-Men horseshoe theory up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Thank you, by the way, all of you for your intros. It is so cool to hear from you. Um, and I want to just, the next thing I want to ask about, and right before we were, we were recording, I said this to you all. Um, the reason I said yes to this partnership is because I believe in investing financially in queer artists during a Pride Month. If you are going to be a corporation or an entity that is trying to show allyship, trying to show support, yes, we love visibility. We love visibility. But um, I think we also love that kind of investment, you know, like for me anyway, like that's what I'm really looking for. I'm not just looking for a pride flag posted on Instagram. I'm not just looking for a rainbow corporate logo. I'm really looking for, um, yeah, some just some real investment so that we can keep making the kind of art that you all are talking about. If people are saying, you know, that I uh, want to support queer stories, which is the whole reason that that Skittles also invested in this podcast is that they say they want to support queer stories. And it's like, well, then you have to support the folks who are making those stories. Right. So that's, that's something that really for me is why I said yes. And I'm curious to all of you, it's a two part question. Um, one is what made you say yes. And then two is, have you gotten to see your work out in the wild? Like I'm sure maybe that they like mailed you some packages. I got mailed some packages. I hope they mailed you some packages. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, but I want to know also if you've gotten a chance to see them, you know, and if you did get a chance to see them, did that impact you? Because I think it's one thing, um, you know, to make our own work. And for me, it's meant a lot if I've been able to turn on a TV or go watch a film and I'm in that, like, that's a different thing than doing stand up live. Um, I love that I got to get a chance to do stand up live, but for me, like that kind of investment, you know, means a lot too. So really long question. <laughs> Why'd you say yes? How do you feel about it? Keep going. Hop in. I had something kind of crazy happen last week. 
where I was, I had went down to Miami last week to celebrate my friend's birthday, which was very special in itself. And all of this is all happening at the same time with Skittles, which is really exciting. And we had went to the beach and it was super hot and it did the Miami thing where it started to, to thunder and storm. So like, let's go to Target. Let's just like go get some fun things for the day. And we were there. We were just naturally getting like some snacks, you know, and my friend was like, oh, let's go get those go to the candy aisle. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I was like, oh, it's definitely June. And I hadn't seen them back in Philly yet. So I was like, all right, let's like go for a little walk. And we go to the end of the aisle and there's like this that of Skittles, of all of our Skittles. And I was like, oh my God. And my friends are freaking out and they're like digging through. And we eventually find mine. At this point, we have like kind of thrown some of them on the ground by accident. We're going to clean them up. And this little girl comes over. She's trying to help. She's like, oh, I can help you. She picks one up. And I was like, I made that. And she was like, ma'am, you made this candy. And my friends are just laughing at me like, Simone, you definitely like scared that little girl. And I was like, I made these Skittles. Oh my God. <laughs> but it, was, She's it, was, it was cute. <laughs> that, that kid is going back to their parents just like, I don't know if we should eat these. Like, I think a person made these like in their house. Like, I feel like these... <laughs> no, but that, is, that is such a lovely story. I love that your friends were with you. I love to hear about that excitement. You know, I remember... Um, Oh, there's like a bunch of years ago I was in a uh, I was in a movie that <laughs> that had like mainstream release and my parents took a bunch of their friends and they went to see it in a theater in their town but there was so and they went like during the day so it's like a matinee thing and so it's them they they like invited all their friends they like bought everybody a small popcorn they were like really into it and feeling Aww. quite cute about it and then they told me there was one other person in the theater that wasn't <laughs> them and i you know this was a big movie this was this movie mother's day and so there were huge people in it like julia roberts is in it and like kate hudson is in it and jennifer aniston is in it so those people got most of the screen time and then my character like is in like, I don't know, five scenes, but then like sometimes just walking through the background or whatever. And so this <laughs> other person, this random person is sitting in a theater where like when Julia Roberts is on screen, just silence. Then like a random little funny, I had like asymmetrical hair, a random little funny haired kid walks in the background that's just screaming, like utter screaming. This other person is just like, what is this experience? Like, who, who are these people into? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's rad to just get a chance to have that kind of support. Yeah, I think it's the support from your friends, like watching it happen. Because I don't know, for me, a win for my friends is also a win for me. And I feel like we all yeah. feel that community wise. Mm -hmm. And I think to have all of us be screaming in the candy aisle, like literal children with the kids next to us was really <laughs> a moment I will never forget. <laughs> yeah, you're like elbowing the kids out of the way. Get out of here. Like, this is my kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Hop in, hop in. Oh, I want to add to that story. So I have almost the opposite experience because I got into a terrible bike accident literally the <gasps> second day of Pride. So oh, I've been like, you know, in bed all day nonstop for the past week. Oh, no. And but the and get this, and this is the part that where I am so grateful to have my wonderful friends. The second they learned that, you know, I'm injured. But the second <laughs> question is like, girl, we're gonna go get those Skittles for you. So like all my friends are just went all over town, like scavenger hunt, you know, Durenry, Walgreens, uh, Target, you name it. And then one of my friends was on uh, his way back to Amsterdam, sent me a picture. He's like, girl, 
I see your Skittles at JFK and I, I send me a oh. photo and I'm just like, oh my God, it's so cool to have friends. And then like, it's just so nice. I have these wonderful people just out there knowing that I am currently not mobile and then doing all of these, you know, wonderful mm. leg work for me. It's really touching. Yeah. I mean, an airport spotting is quite affecting. I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because my wife is a book editor. Sometimes I'll see her books in, you know, whatever airport books, bookstore. And I, wrote, I always feel like, wow, like people are seeing these. Like, these are these are out in the world, you know. Um, and I love what you all are saying, because I think especially this year when things have been so fraught with pride partnerships, um, I think that these stories about folks getting stoked like these don't make it past us, you know, like the big stories end up and this is always the case, right? It's it's the folks who feel offended or affected, like they get the airtime or whatever. But like this story of our people are jazzed like this to me is like I, like I literally have goosebumps as the two of you have talked and, you know, there's still three people left. So I'm so curious, you know, to see if this is true for for other folks, but like, this is the stuff. This is, this is why in-group conversations matter. Like, this is why I created this podcast because I'm not assuming that you all are having a negative experience of this and I'm open to it if you are, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also understanding this could be really positive for you. And I just don't feel like we're hearing that this June. Oh yeah. I mean, anytime, like visibility is such a double-edged sword kind of thing. Where on one hand, it's like an opportunity for connection. And then on the other hand, it's like, oh, shoot, I'm like visible and people are able to kind of like identify me. And then there are like, like as a trans person, it's been really like unusual because I like came out during a time when like trans people were rarely talked about uh, outside of like jokes and like prejudice. And like, God forbid, any trans guy was talked about. God, any 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 trans masculine person. I think we had Chaz Bono, bless his heart. But you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we need a little mm -hmm. bit more of a wide representation. And even nowadays, I think we could do a whole lot better representation with trans masculine mm -hmm. people. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull back like, up. Hello. Pull back up here. Yeah, we need a whole lot more varieties of dudes and partial dudes out there. Um, so visibility for me when I accepted this gig was actually something that really stressed me out, uh, as someone who's already been kind of in the public eye, uh, as far as like being queer goes, like I was, uh, um, like an editorial correspondent for, uh, this literary magazine called The Nib. Uh, it was like a socio-political comics publication that sadly had to close its doors, RIP, you know? Or went out the best place I ever worked for. And then I also have a graphic novel out called um, A Quick and Easy Guide to Queer and Trans Identities that came out in 2019, right before the pandemic. And that was like a super surreal experience for me. It was the first time seeing my work in the wild, which was mm. insane. Like a, a graphic novel that I had put in, uh, in immense amounts of work uh, you know, and I had a co-author as well um, who put in a lot of work. Uh, it was definitely a labor of love. And um, with that release, there was definitely double edge. It was kind of like, oh, shoot, like 
a lot of people are loving this book and I'm getting wonderful feedback. But then at the same time, it was actually banned in uh, districts in Wyoming and uh, Mississippi. Uh, so that's kind of a badge of honor. So I was like, okay, so how is Skittles? This is even bigger. This is like a mainstream thing. So, so far it's been really positive. I was really nervous, but it's going pretty good. Uh, one problem though, I still haven't seen my Skittles in the wild. No! Uh, all my friends seems to have. Everyone is sending me <laughs> pictures like, oh my God, here's your Skittles, here's your Skittles. I'm like, oh, thanks. I go to the candy aisle of our local local grocery store. Never there. Never. <laughs> and I'm just like, why, why, why? But also I live in like a tiny city in like upstate New York. So, you know, they're probably, you know, taking a little time. And also we had the 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 wildfire smog. So I'm sure everyone's like, oh, Cameron's got one. Yay. <laughs> Here's your Skittles, baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and I really appreciate you saying that, the what you said about this nervousness, because I think that, you know, again, it's like, yes, that support matters. And then we also are putting ourselves out there. I just had this, you know, this, this nervousness myself. I, um, I just spent two years like, working on an ABC drama. And that was something I had never done before because it's like, oh, here's this comedy thing or or here's this like niche queer thing or whatever. But like to be on a drama, a network drama, and then that being asked to be taken seriously. And I felt very exposed. You know, I there was a, a, an episode where I had my shirt off and I'm in a bra. And there's an episode where I'm wearing a suit and have this haircut. And like on network TV, that is still radical. You know, especially I'm a gender fluid person, you know, for, for, for me to be positioned on television as, as hot, like that's the point of my character. I'm like a tattoo artist. I got 50, 50 fake tattoos and like the <laughs> writing is supposed to be like, and here's this like sex object or whatever. And I'm, I'm just like, but this is me. You know, my voice is cracking. I'm like, I felt very scared. You know, mm -hmm. I felt very mm -hmm. scared just to be seen. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you sharing what you did. Yeah, thank you. There's a lot of vulnerability that I think queer people of all kinds are kind of forced into. Mm -hmm. We're, we're ex a lot extra authenticity and honesty is kind of expected from us mm. a lot of the time. And, um, you know, that takes a lot of emotional labor. Uh, and when people feel confident enough to share, I think that that's really important. And it was interesting what you had to say about like feeling like like I've arrived, like I'm here, I'm like like doing the adult thing. Um, when the the day that this campaign was announced was literally my thirtieth birthday. Oh, oh yeah, so, so that made that was like the surreal cherry on top of the whole cake. There, wow, super wild. Yeah, yeah, I see a finger. Pop, pop in here if you guys want oh, I just want to add to that. I think that was such a wonderful uh, nuance of perspective because, you know, I live in New York City. I usually feel like, oh, I'm in this like safe bubble that everyone is accepting and loving. And in for, you know, the few rare times that I was truly scared for my life. Um, and that's one of the reasons I felt like it's important to say yes to project like this is, you know, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about the original Pride or how Pride started recently because all of these, uh, you know, corporations dropping out or like, you know, backing down on, on Pride. But, you know, that was not the original intention of Pride. You know, it was a stonewall with the drag queens and the lesbians and all of these people are just fed up, right? And then that's courage. And I feel like, you know, right now, as our community, 
we need them, you know? And then I, I was asked, you know, do I feel comfortable to have my name out on uh, the, the thing? Do I feel comfortable having, you know, my face next to it? You know what? At this moment, like, I feel like I, I want to channel the original pride, you know, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not by all means compare me to these courageous warriors and pioneers out there. But, you know, I just been reminded myself quite a bit. It's like, you know, this is not the time to be, uh, you know, take a step back. This is not the time to be, you know, cowardly. This is not a time to be, you know, hiding. You know, it took us so much time to get here. You know, why? Uh, just because of some threats, we're going to back down. All right. Well, look, I... This is this is such a productive convo. I love what we've covered so far. I want to get Shanae and Bianca in here to talk about your experience, if you've gotten to see your art, you know, your experience uh, making this choice. Yeah. Um, kind of just jumping off of what um, y'all have been saying here, like just just twofold. Like, yeah, like I agree there. I, I wanted to do this project. Um because of those same reasons, because like I grew up, um, you know, going to church eight days a week, um, you know, being told like, you know, as a child that like there was something wrong with me. Um, just a little backstory on my family. My dad, my dad's gay and um, my parents got divorced and my mom kind of always like proposed my queerness as like, oh, you're doing this to earn your father's love and not that this is just like who I am. And at this point, yeah, just at our big age, there was, you know, some concerns about being so visible. Um, I know that me and Maddie were kind of holding hands spiritually <laughs> behind the scenes, like, oh, here we go, here we go, it's coming out, like, this, this is it, and you know, I've had an experience like this previously um, as an illustrator, as a cartoonist. I had a comic come out in 2020 at the height of the George Floyd protests and riots about um, up the uprisings, about um, wearing masks. And so um, I... I do comics. I'm also in the paper. I do things old school. I'm the first non-binary person to be nationally syndicated, which means uh, my comics are going to your grandparents in the paper, <laughs> and um, which is really exciting. The second Black film, which is really exciting. And I had a comic come out in 2020, which um, had two people standing next to each other. There was a white woman that um, was talking to this Black woman who had a mask on and she had a shirt on that said, I can't breathe. And the white woman turns to the Black lady and she says, um, well, if you can't breathe, take the silly mask off. And this comic got me banned out of newspapers. Like, it got me thrown out. And the type of ex exposures, the heat that I got from that experience honestly made me, um, it, it kind of made me kind of go in it it scared me like yeah there's there's the image of myself that i put out into the world of like oh yeah man i, I do these comics like whatever dude like try to keep this you know punk mentality but um getting death threats and getting like people i had people commenting on youtube videos i posted in college like i had people they found me on etsy i was getting hate letters in my etsy inbox like it was all over the place and it was extremely shocking. And honestly, as a Black person, um, 
you know, you kind of already have this experience being out in America and in this world that people don't like you just because they can see me and they see brown skin and they already have their predispositions in their mind about me. And so I already had that thing. And I, I struggled also living out loud as a queer person because I was like, it's coming, it's coming on both sides. Like, it doesn't matter where I go. Like, I see a person looking at me funny and I'm like, are they looking at me funny because I'm black? Or are they looking at me funny because they could tell that I'm queer? Like, or is it both? And yeah, just having that experience over and over again, it, it can be overwhelming, but it's just like, this was the time to stop hiding. And that's why I wanted to do the Skittles thing because I was like, okay, okay, Bianca, like you had your break, you had your rest, but you got to stay out there. You got to stay doing this. And that's why I make my comics. That's why I do what I do because I had so much pain as a child and felt so lost. And I just don't want other people to have to have those feelings. I know that they will. I can't stop them all. But the all those tears that I shed and growing up, I want other people to know that they belong and they deserve to be here and that they are safe here and that they are loved and there is nothing wrong with them. And they don't need to have their hands laid on them and have them pass out on the altar and go pray every week. Like you are okay. And um just to kind of segue into seeing myself, I actually saw I did I did see myself in the wild. Um at my local Walgreens. I actually didn't even notice it. I was just buying toilet paper and paper towels. And I it was in there was this little like little mini one right on the register. And I didn't even it did I didn't even see it. And I was checking out and I turned around and I was like, that's my face. That's me. And I was telling the the, the guy that was checking me out, I was like, that's me, that's me. And he looked at it. And he looked at me and he was like, uh-uh, that's the, you don't look like that. And that was, that was the entire experience. So I was like, okay, brother, like, whatever. Like, I know, I know I was, I was looking a little haggard that day. I had like my bandana on. I was just running errands. So I was like, perhaps, you know, I don't have my concealer on, but yeah, that was my pride experience. I took some pictures and sent them to my, to my dad, who was really, really excited. Um, it was actually really sweet. I, I sent a photo to my father and he told me that my grandmother, would be really proud of me. You know, she, she just passed away a few months ago. So it was really cute to just like have that moment. I've, I've had friends all over the country sending photos of my Skittles. So that's been, it's, it's been great. I just hope kids and adults and all queer people like to see my work and are like, this looks joyous. You know, I, me and my friends always say like punk, you know, is joyful resistance. And that's kind of what I try to put into all my work is just like, we're resisting, but um, what is it? Um, if I can't dance at the revolution, then I don't want it. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the anarchist way. Like, I want to be is. able to have a good time. Well, I mean, I, yes, I want to just say that I do feel like there there is this messaging sometimes that gets out into the world that like, it might not matter to be able to see ourselves at major retailers like oh it's it's a compromise that we're that i'm doing with myself like i feel like that's a story i i hear sometimes and i just want to say you know it does especially like it actually is affecting to partner with a, an extremely recognizable brand like nobody is confused about what skittles is like you say skittles nobody is confused about that what that is and so i i really uh, appreciate what you're talking about about just like that opportunity to be seen and supported just in walking into a, to a Walgreens, you know, 
and how that does affect. And by the way, I've totally done that where I've been like, this is me. I did that one time on a plane. Somebody was watching a movie that I was in and I tapped her on the shoulder and I was like, and I like pointed at the thing then I pointed at me. And she said, this is what she said. She goes, wait, I don't, how, why are you in this? That really made me laugh. It was, she didn't put together that I was an actor. She just thought the person who was sitting next to her on a plane had was somehow in this movie. Like it didn't, like she wasn't like, I'm sitting next to an actor. She was like, plain people are in movies. Like she, <laughs> How'd you get out of the little TV? <laughs> exactly. She could figure it out. It was hilarious. Um, Cameron and we can too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shanae, I want to just make sure to hold some space for you to come in here. Um, do you have anything to add about your own experience with, with uh, either with this project or seeing yourself out there in the wild? Uh, yes, yes. Um, you know, so for me, growing up, I'm a 90s baby and I really, really always loved Skittles. Like I would just honestly get a pack just to eat the orange ones. And so when Skittles reached out to me, it was just really exciting and kind of like a really cool like full circle moment of being able to design a pack about being queer and expressing my queerness um, for a, a, a candy, a treat that I've always enjoy, you know, and being an adult and seeing how Skittles really does support, you know, the queer community. It's just been really, really fun to be able to see my art come to life. Um, I do a lot, a lot of these brand projects for Pride, to be honest, but I would say like so far, this has been like one of my favorites. Um, I have not seen my pack yet, but a couple of my friends from the GLAD offices have seen my pack out. So they'll send me little screenshots and stuff, but I've seen everybody else's hack around though. But um, yeah, like this was just really exciting just to be able to express myself and really do this with a, a product that I really enjoy. And I mean, um, it's always kind of cool whenever I see my work like out in the wild, whether it's, you know, like a food product or a clothing product or something like that. So it's just been really fun for me. Well, I love that. And honestly, what's wild is that this is we've kind of reached the end of our convo, which I feel like this went, like, I feel like we blazed through this and I am so, I gotta be honest, each of you is, you you just are shining through a Zoom. You know, that is like, it's hard to oh do. Oh my God. Um, but you're all doing it. And so I'm just, I, I'm a, I can't wait to continue to follow what you do. I'm, I have so much support and love for what you've shared. I want to thank you so much for your honesty and how in-depth you went. And I want to ask you before I send you back into your day, I always have folks that are guests on the podcast shout out a queero. This is a person, place, or thing that made you feel like you could be who you are today. So you're talking about being that. You know, some of you are referencing being that um, for other people. When you, when you take space with your art, and I want to know a little bit about, you know, who, what, where created that for you. For me, I would say, honestly, just Brooklyn has such a vibrant community of people who are just unapologetically bold in themselves. And so just by growing up and experiencing, because I also have queer family members as well, you know, born and raised in Brooklyn and group queer friends and just seeing how everyone is just no nonsense. I am who I am. That is always emboldened me and inspired me to continue with my journey. Mm hmm. Honestly, I'm going to shout out the youths, the youths, the kids. Like the thing that really I, affected me the most in my queer journey or, you know, being alive is 
it's just funny how so many of my friends growing up and honestly like exes even coming out later in life everyone's coming out of the woodwork everyone's you know figuring themselves out and it's just so cool how we can gravitate toward one another without even like knowing that part about each other but we just kind of like know and that like you know there, there's this joke where it's like gaydar doesn't exist unless you're gay and then it's super fucking real because <laughs> you and what that is is that you're just recognizing things in others that you see in yourself and i think that you know that's the biggest queero of all is like the gay in me the gay in you the gay in us all the cosmic gay that queers us all together and all that all that sappy jazz <laughs> <laughs> so that's mine for sure i'm gonna shout out bell hooks i'm not gonna lie i feel like i think about how so much of my life I try to like lead it with love, you know, and I think that not everybody has really beautiful examples of love in their life when they're growing up, you know, and acceptance. And I think like love and acceptance is not always something that's easy, but I think the work and the hard work that we put in is so worth it. And I think if we were taught how to really love at like a younger age, I'm talking like friendship, I'm talking romantic, even familial in ways that were like more transformative, I like wonder who I would have been earlier in my life. You know what I mean? So honestly, my queer own, definitely bell hooks. Absolutely. 1000%. I, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> um, I would love to put a shout out to, I think one of the ultimate queer own, uh, Keith Haring. Um, because to me, I feel like, as a pause person myself, you know, like the, I know how short my life is, uh, could be if I don't take care of myself. And then to see someone who have passed at such a young age, but was able to generate the amount of work at the level that was being executed, um, gives me motivation and pushes behind my back every single day because I, felt my time on earth is limited so i can only do the best i can to express myself and put um that out in the world because if i don't do that for myself no one can truly really do that for me and and i think um yeah just very happy to be there wake up every day and do what i do to you know bring some razzle dazzle to everyone's life i guess i'm gonna say my queero is I want to say like Garfield because he like hates Mondays <laughs> and he's like anti-establishment. He does hate Mondays. <laughs> that guy hates them. Hates Mondays. But like, but to go off of like Garfield, I would honestly say like Audre Lorde, um, black lesbian um, activist coined the phrase self-love in which we have misunderstood since it fell out of her mouth. Um, self-love is not bath bombs and chocolate ice cream, but uh, self-love is community care. Self-love is radicalized love. And we need, we need these communities. This, this conversation that we're having right now is what she envisioned. And I'm so grateful to be doing what she has called us to do. And um, yeah, so my career is definitely going to be Audre Lorde. She's do she did the work. We got to continue the path. Mm. I mean, everybody had so much. This is what a gorgeous conversation. I will also add, people are always telling me to spend some time 
loving myself by getting ice cream. I always want to say, listen, I am lactose intolerant. The <laughs> audacity to suggest something that would make me ill. I just like, get, get yourself together. This isn't, this is, okay, all right, fine, sorbet. All right, fine. <laughs> I, I got my oat milk latte right here. Yeah, that's so, that is. There you go. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's queer people. We're not doing dairy. It's 2023. Nah. All right. I want to just wrap up by, by again, thanking you all for your time. Uh, thank you for your beautiful art and for all of your personal stories. You know, we don't have to do this. And I really appreciate the fact that you did. Because to me, it matters to know you. And I feel, I mean, I it sounds like extremely trite, but look, it's true. I feel inspired by you. I woke up this morning. I was tired. I said, honestly, why do I even, why do I even do this? I don't even know what I meant by this. <laughs> I, meant, I think I meant get out of bed. Why do I even do this? Um, but I'm just going to go into the rest of my day. Uh, honestly, just, just feeling really void. So thank you so much for your time, your energy. We'll keep doing it.